Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the show, Stephen Astro Boy Ursig, who just picked up a unanimous decision victory over David Dvorak at UFC 289. Mate, you have uh, uh, officially made it. Uh, you've gone from outside of the UFC, never gonna, you're never going to get a fight, the dream's never going to happen, to now you're number 14 ranked in the world. How does that feel? Yeah, it's awesome. It's like whole... The best thing, I, like the best quote I heard about it is like you spent like 10 years becoming an overnight sensation. That's pretty bang on, mate, because I mean, even everyone in Perth, uh, me particularly, but uh, the whole of Australia knew you were well overdue for the UFC for about, I'd say about two years now that you've really like cleared everyone out. Ever since I would almost say that Cody Haddon fight, you were, we were like, yep, Steven's there. It's just a matter of time. Can you divulge what actually happened? Because you had like two or three fights fall through. Were there, was it visa issues? I don't actually know what the visa issues were. Um, the first one, I got told it was denied, but then as it turned out, it didn't actually get that far through the process. So I don't know what happened. The second time was just a timing issue. We applied for the visa as soon as I found out I had a fight. But the fight was too close. So the visa couldn't get processed in time. Um, and then obviously after that, um, it was just plate and pulled out because he was injured. So um still don't yeah, still don't know what happened, but it's sorted now, so it's all that matters. Do you have an extensive criminal history or what? <laughs> Not as far as I know, but maybe I sleepwalk or something. Who knows? It's weird that they don't give you any they don't give you any sort of uh reasoning whatsoever. And you so you got nothing back. When it gets denied, apparently they're supposed to, but Again, it didn't actually get denied, so I don't know what what happened. Yeah, it's an odd situation. Would you uh, obviously there's this like that that old proverb of like uh, the the old Chinese farmer where you don't know if it's good or bad news yet. Uh, so when something bad happens, you always say maybe because you're not going to know until you look back. Now, if we go back, Dana White contender series, you missed out devastating that's the worst news in the world you fast forward mate and you get to fill in on, on, on a pay-per-view card you get the win you pick up fifty thousand dollars you're now the 14th ranked flyway in the world would you go back to your younger self even two years ago a year ago and go steven just chill out it's gonna be fine yeah for sure um i think i've matured a lot over the couple of years that all this sort of stuff was going on both physically and mentally so um I definitely made a bigger splash this way than I would have fighting on the contender. So it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. What were you like mentally when those fights were falling through? Was it was it really getting to you or were you like, nah, I, look, I'm, it's going to happen. I'm staying strong. Obviously, it was very frustrating and um, yeah, it was, it was upsetting, but I've had a unique experience in my MMA career where I've had lots of setbacks and lots of like fights falling out and shows cancelling and all sorts of stuff. So I feel like I've been like almost groomed into dealing with disappointment well. Because you even, I believe you were even in the crowd at the Dana White Contender Series. Like that's how, like how close was that fight to happening? I mean, yeah, literally I could get into the country. I just couldn't get a working visa. So um, yeah, I watched the fights. Um, well, I actually watched the fights the week before. I watched Shannon Ross fight the week before. Um but yeah, it is hard being in the arena, and then because of, so because of like bureaucracy and that sort of thing, it's like you can't fight, but you can be there. It's yeah, it's frustrating. It's 
very weird situation. But look, your first fight, you get to be on a on a on a pay per view card, and seeing Dana White contenders here is at least you know you're you were around it. You've obviously been at your hexes and eternals in Australia, and then now at a at a UFC pay per view card. How does it all sort of differentiate? Um, I think they just roll out the red carpet a little bit more for you. So for Eternal, I mean that feels like a real big a big event, big show. Like you're still signing posters, you still got media around. It's a big stadium, so it feels like a big show. Um, but yeah, the UFC just do like little things like they shuttle you around, they sort your food for you, they do all these extra little things that uh make you feel like you're important. Did uh did more people talk to you after you won? Like was it a little bit more like you're like, Oh, I'm I'm a big deal now. Like, does it feel like that? Yeah, for sure. Like um there's a lot of people hanging around at the fighter hotel uh, throughout the week. And I got a couple of photos here and there, but after the fight, I come back and people have pictures of me that they want me to sign and all sorts of stuff. So it was kind of weird. Um, and I got recognized on the street a lot more. So um, it did feel, it did feel like I made it. If uh, that's how you want to uh, say it. Where does your mind fit on, on the, the, not the fame side of it. I mean, cause like you're not, you're not exactly in the fight game for fame, but getting noticed for your craft, is it, does it sit up there high for you? Yeah, I, I would definitely want to be recognized as technical and tough um, by my peers more so than anybody else. So I don't care so much that the random people are going to, tell me if I'm good or bad, but like people that I respect. So uh, other fighters and that sort of thing. Um, definitely looking for their approval, I guess. And I mean, you, you fought a ranked guy, you beat a ranked guy. Now every fighter thinks he's the best in the world. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. But was there a little bit of you that went, holy, holy shit. Like I just, I just beat a ranked guy in my first fight. Yeah, definitely. Um, Obviously, as you said, I think I'm on that level. I have for a long time, but to actually like get out there and be, like be validated and like, oh man, I just beat this guy on the feet when nobody said I could and he's number 10 in the world. Oh, I just took this guy down. And but like all that jazz, like it definitely, I don't know if it's fully sunk in, but it's definitely a bit surreal. And how did it feel when it, that fight even gets thrown your way? Is that almost a bit of confidence? Cause you're like, oh, the UFC must think I'm at least at that level to, to step up to take that fight? Uh, I honestly think they just wanted to fill the card. Um, they had to fight. The, they wanted a yeah, uh, fighter that needed a fight. And they're like, oh, let's see if this kid will take it. And I assume they expected me to get Molly Wopped. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, think – yeah, I think I'm the toughest guy in the division. So um, I'm going to take on anybody. And, obviously, I came out best this time. I mean, we go from literally six months ago, I'm telling – I'm asking – who, which flyweight's going to maybe get you to the UFC. You now are in that realm where, mate, you like a couple more fights and you can fight for the belt. Like, do you, how, how has your sort of plan changed in terms of a year or two years uh, in the future? Do you think you're one or two fights away from a title? Do you think you're going to have to put a 10 fight win streak together? Like, how do you envision this going forward? In my head, I think if I get three, uh, three fights and I have solid performances. So I don't think three decisions will do the job, but three fights, at least two finishes. Um, and then I'll fight for the title after that. That's, that's my thoughts. And in terms of the actual fight, was there, uh, when uh, we went to the judge's decision, did you go, yeah, no, I definitely, you know, I won, I won all three rounds or where, where were you in your head? Um, I thought I won the second and the third. Um, and, 
I thought the second was the most obvious. The third one was a bit closer. Like I thought I controlled the stand up um, and the ground, but he did get me down at one point. So I was confident, but then again, I've seen too many bad decisions uh, by the judges to be too confident in the fact that I won the fight. So, And are you critical of your performances or like, did you have you gone away? Have you watched the tape and, and, and what's your, your big takeaways from it? Maybe too critical sometimes. Um, yeah, lots of stuff on the feet that I thought need improving. Like even just the jab alone, like this, I have like four or five notes on how I could improve the jab and set off the jab, let alone the rest of the striking. Um, and then just decision-making on some of the submission attempts and that sort of thing. Like it, I get away with jumping on guillotines and all that sort of stuff against lower level competition, but these guys are a little, a little bit better everywhere. So I got to make sure that I really make, uh, I got to really make sure that my uh, positioning is at the forefront of my mind and not finishing it right now. You do actually have a tremendous guillotine. I just had PTSD flashbacks. We grappled once and you grabbed me in it. And I was like, I remember rolling. I'm like, I'm about to roll with a flyweight. This is like years ago. I'm like, oh, I can just muscle him. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So like the way that you grabbed that chin strap. So I'm <laughs> very much looking forward uh, to you uh, just displaying all of that. Um, where do you think you shine the most uh, in the cage? Because you're just from my point of view, I think, you're, I think your cardio is second to none. Yeah, I, I've always thought my cardio is a big weapon. Um, there was a couple of fights, like the Cody fight, that I was like, oh, maybe I'm not as fit as I thought I was. And um, I have somebody in my gym, Richie, who is also a cardio machine. So I am not always the fittest person in the gym, which is good because it makes me work so hard. So, um, yeah, to see myself against somebody who has finished over a lot of his opponents um, because of his cardio and I finished over him. I took a lot of confidence from that. And speaking of uh, Cody Haddon and some of the other opponents that you've fought, now that you're in the UFC and you've fought, uh, you fought a ranked guy in the UFC, is there anyone that you fought coming up in your career that you think they can make it to this next level? I think Australia and May has some really good talent. So Sean Gyaki, uh, I think could definitely uh, make a run. Um, Cody Haddon, obviously, um, and that's all that comes to mind at the moment. Obviously, Shannon Ross is already there, so um, we'll see what he does in his next fight. But they're three that I'd say could definitely do some good things. And uh, your team, obviously, Wilkes Martial Arts, how good does it feel to be – you really are the, the face of that gym and, and to carry it to – similar to how Jack Della did with Scrappy MMA, you're doing it with Wilkes. Can you put into words what it feels like to essentially – pay back all the investment they, they've had in you yes like yeah great like that again as you said like they put a lot of time into me um i couldn't be here without them so um to give them more than anything just give them that like those experiences right take them over they get to be in the corner at like a ufc event they get to like feel the whole atmosphere they get to watch the fight like yeah i'm very happy that i can give them those experiences and I'm hoping that I can give them some even better ones in the future. Now, moving forward, uh, what is there a guy that you you really want to fight next? I know that you said anyone, anytime, as long as it's at UFC Sydney. But is there a is there an actual fighter that you think, man, I'd love to get in the cage with them? Yeah, I'd like to fight Match now. Um, he's a exciting fighter. He's good scrambles, good striking, and um, he walked out to my walkout song a while ago. So we can't have that. We're gonna have to battle for who gets to keep it. <laughs> I actually like that. That's that's a, that's a good battle. I reckon 
I reckon you can put that in the contract. I reckon that is like a proper life. <laughs> I like now, there can only be one. <laughs> now, uh, what are you spending your fifty thousand dollars on, mate? Was that first of all, take us take us through you've you've just beaten a ranked guy in a UFC debut. That's good enough. And then they yeah. turn around and go, here's fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I was like very shocked. I thought that because it was late notice that if I got a finish, there's a good chance that they give me a bonus, but nobody gets a bonus. $50,000 for if you don't uh, either have fight or not or a performance uh, or a finish, sorry. So um, I was definitely shocked, super thankful, very appreciative. Um, and as far as what I'm going to spend it on, um, I'm going to be super boring. I'm going to put it, pay off my house, um, and then we'll think about all the fun stuff and that's uh, that's paid off. Oh, I mean, well, you're going to have you're gonna have plenty more performances of the night. So you like, you know, you got, you got, you got heaps. Um yeah, mate. Like before, before I just uh, I, I let you go with it. I just uh, I don't know. It's just it was. It's so good to see you from from. You were almost disregarded in Perth mixed martial arts, not just Australia, then the world. Now you now you're the fourteenth ranked flyweight. What would you tell? yourself when you're you know two fights into your career or you're just starting your professional career you, you, the loss to sean gouchy like what would you tell yourself uh to get you to this moment uh yeah just stay just stay on the stay on the horse i guess just make sure you rock up to training every day um continually be critical of your skills to find different ways to improve that sort of thing um yeah it's it's hard but it's not complicated how to get to this position, right? Um, and second of all, uh, can you write down, down a list of all the people that you said disregarded me in Perth? I need to have a chat with them. Okay. Um, <laughs> me. me. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did like, hey, I did it real early on, mate. Real, real early on. I was like, I don't know about Stephen Ersig. And now I got to eat my hat. That's why I brought it here. So I can Perth. eat Perth my is. hat. Uh, but no, I was also there when you got signed, remember? So yeah. we, we shared that moment at Eternal. So... Perfect. I'll, I'll... <laughs> um, right, mate. Well, look, thanks for taking the time. Um, I honestly, you're one of the nicest guys in in MMA, and I've never seen everyone everyone so unanimously behind someone and and happy for someone. So, congratulations. Enjoy the moment. Um, you've now made it, and the hard work begins. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take it easy, brother.